Thanks, Howard, and thanks everybody for your good wishes. I'm Don, I'm an alcoholic, and uh, I'm I'm very grateful to be here today, sober. I have no idea what I'm going to say or talk about. I thought I'd wait and I'd wait and see who's here. And uh, looking around, um, I know nearly everybody here today. I've met you all and known some of you very well, and um, and uh, you know have very high regard for all of you. You know, it's wonderful for me to have met met all of you. Um, I'm a long time in AA, so a long, long, greatest part of that is has been in regular AA. You know where I've been, where I've been asked to do something that I, 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 I really was very doubtful about. Um, I, I, I had parted company with, with my religion when I was 16 years old. When uh, around that time, when I was 16, um. Remember there was a there was a photograph of the Pope on the paper one day, and uh, it's like some things we remember, you know, remember significant things in our past. I, I was an apprentice plumber in London. Uh, I live in the west of Ireland now, in a nice, quiet place, civilized place. But uh, I was an apprentice plumber in London then, and I was uh, was working in Oxford Street, well known in D H Evans, which is a big store. Everyone in England knows it, and. Uh, I was working there. We were putting in a new boiler in their basement, and uh, every day at like ten o'clock, we had breakfast, and we'd sit around someplace and have our tea and sandwiches. And there was a, a guy looking at the front page of the paper, the, probably the Sun, and there was a picture of the Pope on the front page. And he, this guy Bert, he was saying, he was saying, "Look at this fucking Pope." He said, surrounded in priceless paintings and statues and all that. And he's looking, he's looking for pennies for black babies from us. You know, that was the thing at the time. That was one of the things, a fundraiser. And uh, I heard him say that. Now, up to that point, I had been, you know, raised a Catholic. I was a person that went to church every Sunday. I'd never questioned it because you don't question it. Um, I, I have memories of getting into trouble for not standing up quick enough after class to say the after class prayer, you know. Stuff like that. I I remember, and and I didn't have anything against that either. We had good times. It was like Sunday morning going to church here. It was uh, I had we walked three miles to the chapel. So I walked up the road and I picked up uh, with two friends and we walked all the rest of the way to church. And um, after church, we got the we got. It was my job to bring home the newspaper from the from the shop and I remember we were looking at ads for watches and ads for things we couldn't afford but wanted to have and just stuff like that it was just a happy time there was three different parts in the church and one was the mountain end where all the poorer people go the other end was the village end where the shopkeepers and probably big farmers and stuff went and then there was a middle aisle which the sort of people that would throw pieces of paper and smile at each other and, you know, have fun during, during church would go. And that was frowned on. And I wasn't allowed to go into that section, of course, as a child. But so you kind of, uh, you wanted to, to um, you know, you wanted to get to a stage where you could go in the middle part of the church, in the middle aisle, up, up in the, in the, uh, on the balcony. I, I can just remember that as a, as a, as a happy, fun time that was... Um, no, no, you know, there was no problem with it. You never questioned it. And uh, every year a mission would come to the to the parish. And 
at that mission, the missioners would talk about stuff that the priest didn't talk about during during you know during the year. They talk about sex and they talk about hell, fire, and brimstone and talk about all that. And of course, we all wanted to get in and hear that. And we wanted to hear it before we were old enough to hear it and stuff. You know, it was kind of exciting and we'd be talking about it afterwards, you know. And some of the missionaries were really, you know, able to lay it on. And yeah, we were was afraid of hell and afraid of, um, you know, had all that awful fear of going to hell and that awful guilt if one done something wrong. And the usual, the usual stuff, you know. Richard Dawkins today reckons that that was actually worse than child abuse, you know. Um, people leaving children in fear of going to hell for doing something wrong, you know, something not all that wrong, really. But uh, and it is child abuse, I think that sort of thing. But anyway, that's how I grew up. And when I found myself at sixteen years old in Oxford Street, listening to this bill criticised the Pope, I felt like knocking him off the chair. I felt like he had no right to talk about the Pope like that, you know, because I'd never heard anybody criticise something like that before. I don't know if you can imagine that or if it's worth imagining, but that's how I felt. But of course, I didn't have the power to do that. This fellow, Bert, I think his name was, was a great big strong man. I just kept quiet and um, I was at the time the religious correspondent in in at that job because we used to do the crossword every morning and anytime there was a religious question they'd look at me because then i would i would automatically know the answer and none of them seemed to know any simple things simple stuff that we learned at school they didn't seem to have ever even heard about you know and it was just came naturally to me because we'd been listening to it all our lives but uh any rate i had to let bill or I had to let bert pass and but he made me think and it was on my mind for for you know the following few days and weeks, and 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 he started that ele- that element of doubt in my mind about about the whole thing. And uh, before too long, I was you know I could see that it was I I had come to the conclusion that the religions were just businesses, you know, like washing powder companies, really, you know, and that one religion would would promise to get your soul whiter whiter than the others, you know, and and that's more or less how I felt about them ever 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 since, really, and I. I suppose in recent years I've gone on to read a bit more about it, and I have family. I have a daughter, and uh, I, I was I was a few years ago. I I was in hospital for an operation, and <clears throat> we passed by my daughter's house on the way home and visited her. And she had um she had a book there, um, Dawkins's uh, The God Delusion, and I read that. And any doubts I might have had or anything like that were completely dispersed, you know, by that. They said that anybody who reads that book, if you're an agnostic or a free thinker or if you're, you know, some other version of a of a doubter, if you re- read that book, you'll probably come away from it being an atheist, you know, and I kind of identify with that. And, and, and that's how I've been since. And why am I talking about that? Because about, about six years ago or seven years ago, I, I spent a little bit of time over visiting my daughter in England. And uh, I um, have a sister lives there in Brixton in London. And I stayed with her and her husband is in the A, has been in the A for some years as well. He came in about two or three years after I did. And uh, he had the, the book Where to Find. And I was looking in that book. He had stopped going to meetings largely because he's getting fairly old and he had polio as a child, so he's not very active. But um, each time I looked at the, at the book, I looked through it and I found this this book, this uh, meeting in Islington in, in London. And it's, um, 
I think it's it's uh, we. I'm not exactly sure what they call it. I thought that they call it um, atheist agnostics and free thinkers in 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 Islington, and it's on every Tuesday night at seven and every Thursday night at seven. Although they're two separate groups, but uh, I was in Brixton, and I used to, I had a bicycle, my my nephew's bicycle there, and I could cycle to the meetings and Clapham and Streatham and and uh, Brixton and and a few more. I, I could cycle to them, so it was easy enough. And I was enjoying it. I was enjoying meeting all the people as well. But that meeting I'd seen up in Islington was on my mind. And eventually I eventually I decided I'd go to it. You know, it would have been easy not to go. That's the thing about us alcoholics or about me anyway. You know, we can have all these intentions and not actually carry them out, you know. But so this particular evening, I, I looked at the map, the A to a Z, and I coupled it with a visit to the canal. There's a canal that goes up there. And I thought, I'll go to King's Cross and I'll walk up by the canal all the way up to Islington and get there for seven for the meeting, which I did. And uh, and there I met like Cyril and uh, Aaron and, um, <clears throat> you know, quite a few more that you probably all know as well now. And uh, that sort of was one of the best things I'd done in my 41 years in AA, you know, um, it, it completely changed my experience in AA. And I and I have felt so much better about it and, you know, find it so much more interesting ever, ever since, you know, um, and not listen to the same thing night in, night out, meeting in, meeting out. I'm not listening to the same stuff all the time. I've learned an awful lot of stuff. It has introduced me to, a, you know, to a lot of new reading that I've been able to do. I don't remember a lot of it, but I've enjoyed doing it all. I enjoy reading it. Um, I have a daughter who has got sober as well, and we talk about it sometimes that we mention books. And as soon as I mention a book to her, it'll it'll either arrive it'll arrive in the post the following week or something will happen like that. She'll she'll buy it from me on on, on iBooks or whatever. And uh, you know that's lovely and that's interesting. And she spent three days with me there over the last um she was she went she went off yesterday but uh we we had three of those good days uh the good weather together and we went to the sea swimming i was actually swam in the sea for the first year for a few years because over the last few years i wasn't well enough to you know to do that and uh possibly this year i wouldn't have felt well enough either because uh but because i had her with me and uh she was beside me to keep an eye on me and that uh, I was able to do it, and I was well able to do it. Actually, you know, I was I was actually well able to do it. And I find that sometimes things I things I think I'm not able to do that if if I have a go at doing them, I probably can do it. You know, or I can do it to some degree. Um, so that 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 was lovely. I mean, geez, I'm really grateful for that. You know, I swam at the very place, the very first place I ever swam at, and. Uh, um, we, there's another place in uh, here near us called Pulgorum in Eski, where a local doctor noticed there was like a little inlet, and if he had a wall built at the front of the inlet, that the you know this little inlet would capture the water when the sea goes out, and you give it about an hour, an hour and a half, it warms up, and it's it's beautiful, you know, it's like a, a it's like a really nice swimming pool, and uh, we spent a few hours there swimming around, so uh, you know she has a a, a a boyfriend now they've just bought a house together so that's that's great it's lovely watching that it's lovely watching donna's life come together and and, and her do well you know and uh <clears throat> and life go well for her 
And uh, you know, I spent the day out with my wife yesterday. We went we went off up to Enniskillen, which is in Northern Ireland, which is Britain, and we done some shopping. You know, buying all the stuff you can buy a bit cheaper up there, and uh, and had a nice a nice day out. And um, I stayed up late last night watching the Olympics. I watched our four roars come third. It was really funny. I, I hope you, that you know, especially the Irish members here today, saw it because they had to present each other their medals and they gave each other, you know, really um, um, mad handshakes. You know, a bit like a bit like politicians would do here at, at home. It was very very funny to watch. Um, I enjoyed that. You know, and uh, I, I find things that I can enjoy. I find things that I can enjoy, and I'm free now to, to do them. You know, and uh, I, I like I stayed up until half past three or something this morning and watched that, and I slept until eleven. Uh, so I'm not really all that long up now. I've just been up long enough to have some tea and something to eat and check the news and 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 and, and check me, me all this the the, the, the WhatsApp posts and. Uh, you know that's uh, that's not a bad as life, really. You know, it's 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 a brilliant life. I haven't heard from any of my local members in quite a while. You know, when the when the lockdown started first, we we talked on the phone a few times. They know how I feel. You know, I told them that I'm going to these meetings. You know, for uh, atheists and free thinkers, and. Um, they're going to meetings in their garages, and there's one of them has a fairly big house that lives on his own. I know they're going to meetings there, and I did get an invite about a year ago or more, you know, to, to go, but I I I I, I declined. I declined because I know my wife wouldn't, she wouldn't let me back in the house here again had I gone, you know, because we've been very careful throughout the, the lockdown, you know. Um, but uh, you know, that's that's an aspect of my life that's sort of ongoing. I'd like to be on good terms with them, and I like to. You know, to meet them and 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 uh, and I, I think very highly highly of them. You know, um, but they're stuck in their ways and they're just you know they're not for changing. They're 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 they they probably I don't know if they worry about me or if they you know I'm not sure how they feel. Nor now do I give it too much thought. You know, really how they feel about me and what I'm doing. Um, if I have a problem at the moment, I suppose, you know, it's um, I'm involved in another group and we, we're making an attempt to try and get recognised nationally as, as an AA group. But Ireland, unfortunately, Irish AA have a rule that says that there are no such thing as specialised groups. So they don't have women's groups, they don't have LGBT groups, they don't have atheist groups, free thinker groups, any sort of outside group. The 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 it's like the tyranny of the majority. They, they will only allow the standard AA meeting. It's the only thing that can go in the book. It's the only thing they'll accept, accept a donation from. And that's, you know, taking up a good bit of my thinking time. I'm wondering what could be done. You know, it's the only way this says it can be changed is if it comes from the bottom up. If there's, um, if there's, if there's um, you know, group conscience meetings and that, and that uh, the request goes up from area, to, from group to area, and area to intergroup, and then intergroup to conference. And if a decision is made like that, and that's going to take years to happen in this country, if ever. We've been trying it, it's been tried for a long time already, and there's no change. And this morning, the, the, the thought hit me I wonder if there was like, you know, 
protests are letters from other countries sent to our GSO to make them aware that every other country in the world has changed. And uh, and, and why haven't we? You know, I just wonder, would something like that help? Um, it's helped in other areas of people's lives, you know, like countries like Poland and, and Hungary are not getting away very well with their, you know, with the way they treat black people or the way they treat gay people. They're getting loads of pressure from other countries. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to Joe C and to all the people in Canada that started this change and that has that has really led the led the way for us to have these meetings that we have now, you know. Okay. So Howard, I'm gonna leave it there. Thanks, thanks very much.